Hello, and welcome to FSU Conversation, where we highlight FSU's School of Communication, its students, alumni, and happening in the industry. I'm your host, Mary Sylvia Hennett, and I'm a graduate student majoring in Media Communication Studies and a Director's Ambassador for the School of Communication. Today, on this episode, we will be focusing on the topic of the various career paths you can take with a communications degree with special guest, Kate Stewart. Kate, you're an FSU School of Communication alumni and an entrepreneur with a vision to encourage tradition and the founder of Bobble Stockings. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thank you for having me. I love Florida State and I love any way I can get to interact with y'all these days. I love that. Okay, so Kate, would you mind just giving our listeners your elevator pitch on who you are, what you do, and what you believe has been the key to your success? My name is Kate Stewart and my company is Bobble Stockings. I sell miniature Christmas stockings. Now that's not something you hear every day, but these are stockings that fit, they're about the size of your hand and they go on the tree and they are meant to contain or hold a clue to your final gift of Christmas. So it's like a grand finale to the holiday. It's not necessarily the most expensive gift, but the most thoughtful. Uh, They are hand stitched for fair trade in Haiti where I employ nearly 700 people. Uh, My manufacturer is a certified B Corp, and we're sold in nearly 300 stores across the United States, uh, including Saks Fifth Avenue, Love Shack Fancy, and most notably our our guest artist this year. We have about six guest artists, but Nikki Hilton is one of them. That's so awesome. So when you graduated from FSU, I know you kind of talked about how you obtained a public relations degree. Um, What kind of led you to take that entrepreneurial route instead of public relations post-graduation? Well, I left Florida State and I traveled the world for six months and came back and got a job at a small PR firm here in Atlanta. And I actually got a side job because it was like an unpaid internship. I got a side job at a bakery and I was running um, the bakery. Within within a year, I became like the top position at the bakery selling to restaurants, hotels, and caterers. Uh, And it was a small business. It was for a guy named Alex McDaniel and he's the best boss, but it, it really got my passion. And when you work for a small business, you really can do anything you want, right? Like you can yeah. try and test and and kind of see what works, um, which kind of got my wheels turning. And then I took a few different things. I, I actually ran a study abroad in Panama for a few years. I was a grant writer for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, which, you know, in PR, I feel like I took a million writing courses. Yeah. Um, and then I was an administrative assistant uh, while I started my company, Bobble Stockings. And so you asked about, you know, what has made Bobble Stockings successful. And a lot of it has been branding. Um, When you're launching a company with a whole new idea, with a new concept, it's all about user education. Um, My stockings are $85, which for a a stocking the size of your hand, you really do need to do a lot of education. People just pick up an $85 stocking and say, let me buy this. You tell them the story and they buy four. So that's been a huge part. I think that's where my, my background has come into play a lot. I still do most of our writing, but once we got big enough, I hired a PR firm and I knew the value of hiring a PR firm because of my background. That's so interesting. I would have never guessed, I guess, with you having a public relations background, I just automatically assumed that you did all of your PR and everything. That's I, I am quick to admit, like, you should hire somebody in PR. I think mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best thing. And whenever I, I do interviews like this, people do laugh about it. because like, but you have a background. I'm like, but I don't, I know that the people who do it full time are way better than me. They have all the contacts. Yeah. Um, they know who they're pitching to. That's a huge part that a lot of small businesses don't realize. You don't pitch the same to every person. Some people care more about the handmade aspects Some people care more about the traditions Some people care more about the art. And my PR team really does a good job of knowing who they're talking to. 
That's so awesome. So kind of a similar question, but how have the things that you've learned while getting your degree in PR um, helped you in establishing your business and how have your experiences and time at the School of Communication shaped where you are today? The best things that came from getting a PR degree at Florida State were that I took a lot of public speaking courses. Mm -hmm. um, I, I laugh a lot these days because I get asked to speak. I'm a three-year-old company. I mean, even last year, even now, I still am signing up to hear other people speak. And so it's kind of such an honor that I get asked to speak now. And I did so much public speaking at Florida State. <laughs> and then the other thing is writing, to communicate something in a succinct way. Because you only get people's attention, you know, for two lines. Yeah. I think my my bio and Instagram, we have 20, I think we have 23,000 followers now, but I have one line to say everything I've already told you. And that came down to Florida State teaching me how to write effectively. Definitely. That is such a good tip. I know like when I first started taking public speaking, I could like not, I turn red, couldn't speak to anyone. And now just with time, same as you, it's just, it comes a lot more naturally. Yes. Mm -hmm. and And knowing your audience. I learned today, this year, actually. So I was on stage in September. I went to LA for Christmas in September at the Abbey, which is actually a nightclub in, in LA with Paris, Nikki, and Kathy Hilton. Oh, wow. And we were auctioning a tree that was covered in Nikki's bobble stockings. So Nikki designed five bobble stockings. We were, it was an auction of Hilton paraphernalia, but the tree was the first thing launched. And that was my thing. And Nikki pulled me on stage to launch. And I had no, no idea that I was going to be on stage with the Hiltons at this club. Oh my gosh. And I got up there and honestly, I felt like I bombed because I started pitching the whole story. And I learned while I was on that stage, it was such an out-of-body experience. I should have been pitching my team and my team is, is so high up, but that was, it was learning your audience. And it was like, I got off that stage and I didn't berate myself for not pitching the right way, but it was cool to see how quickly I could learn yeah. how to pitch. And that's because majoring in PR taught me to know your audience, right? But you can, you can make mistakes even a few years into a company. <laughs> That's so awesome. So outside of the School of Communication, what are some skills and tools that you just have learned from school in general that you can apply to your life today outside of Babel? Outside of bobble stockings? I don't know. My whole life is bobble stockings right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. You probably live um, and breathe it. It's a, it's, that's a pretty tough, I feel like I surround myself with entrepreneurs. I surround myself with, with people who, who care. Most of my communication is with my customers right now and my stores. I've been told a lot of times if I wasn't selling bobble stockings, I'd probably be good at selling most anything. And that's because in college we had to make up a company and pitch it mm -hmm. and stand in front of our, our classmates and do it. And I remember in that group project, I was the one who came up with what we were going to pitch. Like I was the one that came with a product and I've always been that way. But now that I'm an employer, now that I employ students, I would say as a student, don't be afraid to come to your employer with ideas. I mean, that's like number one thing as a small business owner is like, I, yeah, I come up with a lot of ideas every day, but I would love if somebody came to me and was like, Hey Kate, what about this? And maybe the best compliment I ever received from a boss from back at that bakery my boss, Alex said to me, we were talking about employing a different person, like somebody to take my job when I was leaving. And he said, Kate, if I was a fisherman and I told you to go fishing, mm -hmm. you would bring me back, not only the fish I asked for, but you'd bring me a bunch of other fish. And you would tell me why these fish were good. And we would pick some and we'd throw some out. Yeah. And I think about it now and I'm like, that's the employee that I want to hire. I want to employ someone who's not afraid to think outside the box, is not afraid to come to me with ideas. That's who I want to be my number, my number two in my company. And I hope that people in college realize your ideas are super valuable. 
I pitched it to the College of Communications when we were talking about doing this. I said, I would love if a PR class at FSU took my company and picked it apart and told me what I could do better. That would be um, so awesome. We actually- It would be super fun. <laughs> we have a class called um, Campaigns. And pretty much what we do is we kind of like take a company or we take um, just somewhere around Tallahassee. But I know when I took it last year, we outsourced to Texas and did um, like Houston elections. So that would be a great idea. If you ever do want that, we can definitely help you. No, I, I do want it. I do want it because, you know, we work, I work with a PR firm. We work with tons of influencers. We, yeah. we have a pretty good, like, we're getting out there. I mean, we're three years in, but the thing is, is that an outside eye is always great. And I think a young eye, like someone who's currently in, in, in the field of PR, you know, is living it daily, might have some super helpful insights into what I'm doing. And I keep thinking like Florida State, like it's not too far from Atlanta. I'm based in Atlanta. If anybody needs a job, you know, y'all can email me. Yeah. I'm, I'm always looking, but, but people with ideas, that's what I need. I need people who aren't afraid to say like, you're doing this okay, but here's where I think you could do better. And here's how we'll get from A to B. Come up with a plan. That's awesome. That's so great. Um, kind of off, off topic question, but do you provide like any internships for um, your company that students could like take advantage of? We haven't started yet. We're, I mean, we're growing. We have doubled or tripled in size every year for the last few years. Like we started, we were in 30 stores then we were in 90 then we were in 140. Now we're in 300. And so we're kind of just growing at that, at that pace, at that clip that we probably need some interns and I haven't had the chance to be like, how do we get them? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why I reached out to the School of Communications in the first place was I was talking to somebody else who said they were they were helping at their local at their college, at their alma mater. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, I would love to work with some Florida State kids. And I, I say kids, y'all aren't kids. <laughs> <laughs> I still think I'm young. I'm 35. But well, young. <laughs> but it's it's a matter of, of of organization. I think you'll find that with a lot of small businesses. Y'all can knock on our doors and we're like, oh, please come in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just about getting organized enough to, to make that a platform. Definitely. It's so hard for me to forget that like you are just kind of like a newer company. Cause you know, when I was doing my research to kind of better understand you and your company as a whole, like you guys look so established and it's like big kid things. So that's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's been a crazy thing. Like we're, yeah, we do a lot of business. It's, it's like a wild thing to watch. Like my phone dings every time we get a sale on our website. And like my first year of business, I think I've got this written down somewhere around here. So just in general, my first year of business, I sold 633 stockings in 2018. And this year we'll sell over 15,000 stockings. That's awesome. And like, that's just, it's insane to me that we've gone to that. Like, I wish I could like take, like, I could say like, oh, it was all me, but it's like, it's just wild. It's just wild. The, the power of it. And so much of that is PR. So much of it is communication and Instagram has really helped me. I don't like to admit that, but Instagram is the best. Instagram, I love, that's my favorite social media platform because it's just, you can get in tact like with everyone so easily. You can brand yourself, you can advertise, especially them joining in with like Facebook. It's so helpful. It really is. It's kind of like a platform. My my dad is in self-storage. So like public storage warehouses is what mm. is my dad's. Was, that's what I was doing before when I was launching this company. And he wrote me at the beginning of the school year because most of his his customers in Nashville are college kids or Vanderbilt kids. Yeah. And he wrote me being like, do we need to get on Snapchat or no? What's TikTok? Okay. This is how bad I am at this stuff. So I texted one of our babysitters to be like, should my dad's public storage company get on TikTok? 
Yes. She advised me, no, that's not the content that they want. <laughs> Unless they're making funny videos, probably not the best, but probably not the best. But maybe we could get shot. on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I think you would do really well on TikTok, especially with Christmas right around the corner. That would be some good. See, I need an intern. Time. Send me somebody. Somebody's got to be in Atlanta for the holidays. Don't, but y'all actually, y'all don't get out for the holidays until late. When do y'all get out for Christmas? We get out next week. Oh, that's not that bad. I was thinking y'all were way later because I was like, who wants to come and work, work for the holiday season in Atlanta? <laughs> and come on, come on over, guys. We'll send someone your way. That's right. All right. Okay. I'll get you on to the next question because okay. I like to ramble. <laughs> but did you have any mentors that helped guide you in the entrepreneurial direction you took? You know, my dad has his own company. I've always, my brother Jimmy has had like four companies and I've gone to work for all of them. I've always been the COO. I am that person. Like I'm the girl that does all, like I do legwork. I can, I'm not necessarily the smartest person in the room but I am one of the hardest working for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how I've learned to keep up in a, in a world full of visionaries. I'm not necessarily your visionary, but I am a, what do they, they call us an integrator is the doers. Yeah. Um, and so in terms of a mentor, I've had a lot of small business owners who've let me work for them and let me do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice to experiment on someone else's dime before you, before you put your money on the line. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. It is better when you have a boss that says, sure, that sounds like a good idea. So that'd probably be it. I've always been in contact, rest in peace, but Jay Rayburn, it was always like, every time I was in a new adventure, I would email him, say, this is what I'm doing now. And he would write me back something nice. I don't know. I feel like everyone's kind. Like at the end of the day, I've never been afraid to like ask, not necessarily if they're a mentor, but like if somebody has information I need, mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to DM them. Like I get Nikki Hilton is a guest artist because I DM'd her. Um, so, so it doesn't have to be an official mentor. It can just be someone that you just had one question for and they were good enough to answer it. No, I agree. I definitely agree. That's such a great answer. Uh, so how did you first come up with the idea of bobble stockings? And what was the most challenging part about bringing this idea to life? So bobble stockings is based on my family's tradition where the final gift of Christmas was found in this little stocking that hung on your tree. And I actually thought it was like a universal tradition until I got married and I asked when I would get mine. And my husband was like, what are you talking about? And I Googled it, turned out it wasn't. And that was way back in 2010 when I got engaged. And then uh, we, I didn't launch the company. I started working on it in 2015, getting it manufactured. So Needlepoint is extremely specific. There are about five Needlepoint manufacturers in the world, the most famous being Smathers and Branson. They have their own team. So I wasn't going to be able to hire their people because they trained their people. Uh, so I started my company in China. I flew to China to meet the stitchers. I wasn't able to meet the stitchers, which made me extremely uncomfortable because it's a 100% handmade product. So I left there. I searched fair trade for a year, um, didn't find anybody. And then I got very lucky the last night, like I was crying and on my sofa talking to my husband, I had a newborn baby. And I said, you know, if I can't manufacture this the correct way, I'm not going to do it because yeah. I just, I have a very strict standard for how I wanted to raise my kids. And if I was doing a handmade product, I need to know my team is taken care of. And I searched needlepoint belts one more time. And this team in Haiti popped up and they were making dog collars, key fobs and belts. And it was all fair trade. They have since gotten their B Corp certification. I am about 90% of their business. 
And it was just like the right thing. So I think the hardest part was, and I think most people will tell you is the manufacturing, but not only manufacturing for me, but finding fair trade. Mm -hmm. And I will say in terms of karma, in terms of pride, anything like that, I think, I think everyone should, should strive to be fair trade. I mean, it's just, I try not to judge people who don't know who makes their products, but at the same time, you should, you should know, you should know who's making your stuff. If you're selling something, you should be familiar with who's touching your product before it comes out and make sure that they're paying, being paid a fair wage and people, consumers love it. I think a lot of people appreciate me because of my drive to do business the right way. No, I agree. I definitely think that's an important aspect, especially in owning a business. Well, it's not the end of the world if you can't. Yeah. Like, like I started in China, like I it put me a year behind schedule, but it has paid off in the long run, one hundred percent. So don't don't get on a don't get in a rush to launch a company if you can't do it the right way to begin with. I agree. Everything happens for a reason. There's a reason why China didn't work out, and now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you enjoy most about being an entrepreneur and owning your own business? Gosh, you'll find that I love everything about my company. Um, I love, well, I just built out, I guess viewers can't see this, but I just built out my office it's in my attic and it's 1600 square feet. So I work at home, but I work at like a really awesome office that I built. Um, so so cool. my commute is great. I would always say if you can work from home, you should because traffic is terrible. Um, the only place I drive to is the post office. Then I love my team. Like my team is my reason why I wake up my team. Like I know that I put, like I put food on the table. So I'm really good at sales because I believe in what I'm selling. I love my stores. Like we're in almost 300 stores now. And most of those stores, I mean, are owned by an entrepreneur. I mean, like, yeah, we're in some big ones, but even Love Shack Fancy is owned by Rebecca Cohen. Um, so there's always some entrepreneur I'm working with, which is just fun for like, using your brain and talking to people and hearing people's ideas. Um, things I don't like as an entrepreneur, I hate accounting. I didn't take accounting classes on purpose. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> so bookkeeping is the hardest. I really don't enjoy bookkeeping. We'll probably do about a million dollars in business this year and all have done all of the bookkeeping, uh, which is very painful. <laughs> Gosh. Um, it's, it's a painful thing. And then what else do I love? And I love my customers. I think if you have Instagram for your company, like you should run the DMs and you'll find like even Rebecca Cohen of Love Shack Fancy, she answers her DMs, you know, like she's a famous person, Nikki Hilton, she answers her DMs. And I think that that keeps you in touch with everybody. No, that's so important. I would have never known that. That's so cool. I feel like I have like the inside scoop on that. Now. <laughs> well, people try and outsource a lot. Of, you know, like I always hear people my age or older going, oh, I need an intern to run my, you know, to run Instagram. And it's like, no, because that's how you keep your finger on the pulse. You know what's up when you're talking to people directly. No, definitely. That is so smart. That's so awesome. So I have one last final question for you, and then I'll let you get back to your crazy busy day because I know you're super busy. Um, but for students looking to open their own business, do you have any advice you could share with them? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, if you want a retail product and you want to be in stores, I'm 100% for going to America's Mart or like the large wholesale shows. Um, I launched my product on the floor of America's Mart. Uh, if you go to Bobble Stockings on Instagram, I have two large, like, what are those called? Not reels, but like the highlights at the top yeah. where I give all of my tips and tricks to launching at Mart because I do think launching in stores, you don't make as much money because you're selling to them wholesale. But instead of it just being Kate in Atlanta selling her product, I suddenly have five people, let's say an average of five people per store in 300 stores being my salespeople. Um, so you're really having a pretty, a pretty cheap labor force 
that you're making money on, but they're telling your story over and over again. The other thing is communication. I mean, and, and that's a communications major talking to another, but a hundred percent of the reason why I have good reviews on the internet is because everyone knows they can get in touch with me. Everyone knows I respond within 24 hours. If you can't handle responding within 24 hours, you need to get someone on your team who can, because it is probably the most important thing, especially during the holidays, telling people where their packages are, why they're delayed. This year in particular, you've probably heard about shipping containers being stuck in ports. Yes. A lot of people are having trouble getting stuff out of shipping containers. Well, my stuff is actually stuck in Haiti because a gang took over a town on the way from my town of Jack Mel to Port-au-Prince. And they only let people pass on certain days or they could murder or kill you. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's right. So it's, it's really intense, but also I've let all of my customers know this. It's not something I'm ashamed of because it's not, it's not anybody's fault. It's not, my team's not kidnapping people. My team yeah. is just stitching, but people are way more understanding of the situation because I communicated it instead of just like letting their order sit there. It's not that it's sitting there because I don't want to fill it. It's sitting there because there's a gang that's not letting my people put their stuff on a plane to me. And I guess the last piece of advice I would give is if you think you have an Achilles heel, like I thought during 2020, I thought needle pointers hated me because I mass produced needle point. Um, because I have this team in Haiti. Turns out I had to approach them during COVID because during COVID, my stitchers were going to lose their jobs. Basically, mm -hmm. they'd stitched all of my products. I'd er er ordered early and then they ran out of belts to stitch and all of the stores were closed. So they weren't selling them. So they came to me and they said, hey, Kate, we're going to send you your order and we're going to lay off 70% of our workforce. And in Haiti, there's not jobs at McDonald's, you know, like that was, that was a, they will suffer because they don't have work. And I didn't have any money to buy more stockings. And I didn't have any need because I'd already bought what I'd sold the year before plus 20%. Mm -hmm. So I went on to Instagram and I said, Hey, look guys, I am going to sell my product, buy one, get one BOGA, which is a death sentence. Like to me, that was I'm going to destroy my company to save these women's jobs and maybe I'll never recover, but then my team is safe. Like that was my, that's my why, right? My team. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have, a, again, when you're starting a company, like I have hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in this company. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try this. It turned out what I thought was my death sentence was massive for my company. It brought back karma 150%. So we not only kept those women employed, we ended up hiring 250 more people to supply all these orders that we got because everyone wanted to help needle pointers back to who I thought was my like sworn enemy who I thought hated me. Mm -hmm. They ended up being my number one buyers that's because so I awesome. finally reached out and asked for their help. And, and I think that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned. Anything you think is your biggest fear, you got to test the waters. I had to email 700 people two weeks ago and say, Hey, look, there's these gangs that have taken over these, this highway. Your orders are going to be delayed. Mm -hmm. I got I would say 650 emails saying, we are with you. We don't care if it's late. Like we get it. That was my biggest fear. I wrote 700 people and said, I'm going to let you down, which is like not what I do. Mm -hmm. And they all turned around and just said, cool, we'll help you. And all of this comes back to communication, right? This all comes back to why you get this communications degree. Um, not to, not to rub it in, but I mean, it's true. It's what I learned in school was if you tell the truth, mm -hmm. you're one, you're not covering up for, for whatever half truth you told. Yeah. And people just appreciate it. And they say, okay, I can be on your team because I know what the story is. I know why the situation is. It's not that you're lazy. It's not that this happened. It's not whatever it's, it's a situation. Um, so that's what I would say. If you're starting your own business, just come out with the truth from the beginning. You know, if you're having a hardship, if you're, if you're needing funding, if you're needing whatever, you'd be surprised how many people want to stand on your team 
and help you. And I wish I had known that probably sooner. Oh, and I've got one last piece. <laughs> I'm going to make this go 30 minutes. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> so the last piece of advice is that in year one, you're going to want everyone to buy your product and you're going to think you have a great product, but what you're going to learn is that it's way better in year two. You're going to work out all the kinks in year one. So the people who told you no in year one are a blessing. Like you may think you dropped the ball. I definitely did. Um, the people who told me no in year one, but then I changed, I shifted my, my company a little bit in year two. Those people are some of my biggest buyers now. Everyone comes back. Everyone who told you no, if you keep in touch with them, eventually they're going to buy from you. And year two, you're going to be way more prepared. You're going to have a way better product. So don't get defeated over it, but definitely keep their email around for when you get your product right. That is great closing advice. That was so awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. Thank you again, Kate, for taking the time to just talk with us. It was so great having you. And I learned, I personally learned so much and this has been a great conversation for me. But all right, everyone, this segment is about to come to a close. As always, make sure you follow FSU Conversation on Instagram for more information on future podcast segments and everything you need to know about the School of Communication. Also, be sure to check out Bobble Stockings, super awesome company with a great leader. Um, so until next time, from all of us here at the FSU School of Communication, be sure to keep the conversation rolling. <laughs>